Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good. Good. You just had a Saturday. You've got a Sunday ahead. Should be better than good. Should be. This is like a great moment in the week, hopefully. I know for me, I get to sleep in a little bit on, on Sunday about that. Anyway, um, I'm really excited about the year ahead. A lot of fun things happening. My goodness, I'm glad I didn't wear a black t-shirt today. Wow. Didn't even see that one coming. Black's quite slimming, so it's kind of my default. <laughs> Especially these days. <laughs> Hey, I want to share a few thoughts today uh, around uh, Mark 4, and I've just simply called this Grow Things, just Grow Things. Um, I know last year, Pastor Josh said this term, which I loved, and he just said, whatever grows, grows. And I think often we try to be so uh, deliberate, but I think sometimes it's a little bit misplaced in, uh, in, in what we grow. We in the sense of if you're cultivating the soil right, if you're putting the right seeds in, and then if you're watering, then whatever grows, grows. As in, yes, there may be a need to, to weed something. But often we sit in a place of uh, not sowing, just sitting back going, now until I get everything right, until all the conditions are perfect, then I won't do anything. And I think that's where we uh, stumble a little bit. And so I just want to look into, Mark 4 has been really alive to me this year. And I just wanted to kind of get into it today, if that's okay. So just calling this grow, grow things. What we're called to do as Christians and believers and children of God is just grow stuff. Just grow stuff. So we're going to start in Mark 4 this morning. Uh, let's pray as we come around God's Word. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your eternal Word. Father, that it can, regardless of the year, the date, the time, the season, Father, it is always your truth speaking to us. And Father, we're grateful for that, no matter where we are and when we are, Lord, I thank you that your truth, Lord, it, let it be revealed to us today. Give us eyes to see, Lord, let the, the eyes of our understanding be enlightened today. And Father, we thank you that as you love your kids, Lord, help us to understand what your, your thoughts and your ways are today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Mark chapter 4. And uh, I'll read off the screen so I don't say something different. Mark 4 verse 1 says this, And again he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. And then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprung up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. 
And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. If we keep, keep continuing on. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Also, he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he said to them, take heed what you hear, With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And then he said, To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it is sown... It grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Now, to me, this is like the key. There's so, I mean, it's rich, but there's so many keys to life in this, in this chapter. To start with, Jesus is talking about sowing seed. And he says it, I mean, he, pre- he preaches it to a bunch of people. And leaves it in general terms. And then it says to his disciples who later asked him about it, and said, what do you mean by that? And he said, ah, to you, it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And Jesus isn't being mean here. He's just kind of, he does the same thing as us, as in 
It's not going to cast his spells before swine. There's truth in it. He throws something out there. But if, if you're hungry, if you want to find out more or you want to ask him anything or you want to find out the real meaning, then that's fine. That's all there for you. But he's not going to try and, and, and sort out every detail and chase everyone down uh, so that he can make sure they have a complete understanding of something. I mean, we don't, none of us can do that. We don't have time in life. You, you throw it out there and uh, if someone's interested in something, you know, if you're selling widgets and you're like, okay, I do widgets. And then if people say, I don't need widgets, that's fine. But if someone's like, I'd like to find out more about your widgets, okay, then you can talk about your widgets. You, you know what I mean? You don't have time to kind of try and convince and fight everyone who's not interested. And, uh, and sometimes I, I think we could take a leaf out of Jesus' book where he, he scatters the seed and he says there that often, again, in life, we try, sometimes we're trying to get something to happen. We're going, oh, God, if I had more money, then I would do more for you. Or if I, if I got this situation, then then I would initiate and do something else. If I had a spouse, if I if I had kids now, then I would be able to do more. If I, you know, if I had the promotion or if I did, if I lived somewhere else or if I wasn't so old or in my case, if I wasn't so young, uh, you know, maybe I could do more for the Lord. Uh, you know, so usually we're waiting for, we're basically, and in, in our, in the explanation of that, it all happens internally in the swirling of our mind. We're basically saying, all right, God, you do something else before I do something. And I love here that Jesus is like the whole kingdom of God. He's like, if you don't get this one, you're not going to understand anything. I mean, literally he said that. If you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand any parable. And he said, the, the sower sows the word. He's like, this is the kingdom of God. This is how things work. And often then we tend to think the kingdom of God is something, we've got our normal life and then there's the kingdom of God. But we find all throughout scripture that this is how, this is how God created. This is actually this environment that we live in. It's actually a word environment. Like this whole bubble of, of planet earth. You, it's very difficult to live here without words. Especially if you're male. It's very difficult to live here. It's a word environment. And so rather, I, I know I want to be talking about the kingdom of God today, but I'm actually just talking about life on planet Earth, which is actually, again, we've kind of separated these things as the kingdom of God and then there's just our life and we're somehow trying to hook in and latch in every now and then and, you know, pu- puncture a straw through and siphon out of the kingdom of God, whereas actually it's the environment that we're living in. I mean, God created the planet Earth. He told us how to live down there. He told, he, he created. And literally right then, even in Genesis chapter one, he starts talking about, uh, you know, having dominion. And then, uh, he empowers mankind with seeds to sow. And right back then, he starts with seeds. And right back then, he actually started before he, you know, sprinkled a few seeds in their head. He was actually speaking seeds to them. So he's, that's how he lives. And that's how he's told us to live. And then Jesus is saying, if you don't get this, you're going to be struggling with everything else. That the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. And so often in life, we're waiting for something else before we sow some other physical action. I want to feel good and then I'll get out of bed, <laughs> go to work. <laughs> I want to, when something else and, and all the conditions w- work and are right, then I will take a step. And yet Jesus is saying nothing works that way. Nothing. Muscles don't work that way. Carrots don't work that way. Skills, professions, 
You may be in a space going, well, I've got nothing. I need more work or I need a new job or I want to change industries. Nothing happens where that's done and then finally you put in some effort. And yet it's our default to kind of sit that way and wait for God to do something else. And I've found that every time I latch on to this chapter and start sowing the word first, and not that doesn't mean just speaking the Bible 24 hours a day, but being conscious of the sowing and reaping process of God's word. So if there's a, if there's a relational breakdown, what's, what's, where do I go first? I should be like, Lord, is there something I need to say or is there something I need to hear? Or going back to his word and then from that, initiating something. Who knows, you can do a good act, but it can be uh, laced with Guilt and manipulation and hatred. You can bake a cake for someone and hate them at the same time if you want, you know. And yet you can, you can actually embed the love of God into something and, and be a blessing to someone. And who knows, from a heart of love, they said, I don't know what someone's going through. I don't know what jail's going through, but I just want to, I just want to do something for them. I can, wh- it, it, sometimes you feel like your hand, your hamstrung, your, your, your hands are tied. You might not have time. You might not have, uh, finance. You might not have, skills, availability to bless someone, but you can, you can bless them with words. This is the power of prayer. That the, that the, the skills, the weapons that God have, has given us aren't based on your social standing or your economics right now. They're based on your human. And he said, this is how the whole kingdom of God works. It works on words. And I love it because whenever I read this, it removes all my excuses for doing nothing. <laughs> I can pray for someone. I can use words. Lord, if I, if I, if I want more opportunity or something, I can start speaking that out. I can speak, I can find in God's words seeds from this seed bag and go, okay, Lord, I want, I need opportunity. All right, Lord, I, I hate everyone right now. I need your love. You know, I can find something in here that's beyond my understanding and I can sow these words into my heart and then they start to grow and then I can start to act a bit better. Or it fixes, literally, the, a seed of God's word growing just starts to fix a way of thinking. Or it grows something in here. Or it changes, it starts developing a godly attitude where there wasn't before. Or suddenly, I, you know, yesterday I might have just, there was no, someone did me wrong and I, I didn't want to forgive him yet. I know it's the right thing to do, but I just didn't want to forgive him. And you get back into God's word and something about the power of God's word starts to grow up inside you and suddenly you realize your life is bigger than this minute thing that someone may have done or may not have done. It might have just been your version and, you, and it's holding you back. But something about the power of God's word starts to grow up. And when it grows, it's amazing. Whatever grows out of God's word is brilliant. Whatever God grows out of that, when you're, when you're sowing the right things. And I've, I've always found that if I'm, if I'm struggling, I probably, and this is the trap, we often think we're not sowing. Oh, I, I haven't been reading God's word, you know, da-da-da. But it's not whether you're going to sow something or not. It's just what you're sowing. And this is the trick. We tend to think, oh, I've got life, and then I'll try and sow something in the kingdom of God. I've got my life, and then, I'll, oh, I better sow a word. Oh, I'll read a scripture. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Sow that. Hopefully I'll get happier. And then I get back to normal life. But that's the trap. What's actually happening is you're in a word environment, planet Earth. 
And as soon, you, who knows that you, you have to call something something, invent something. You can't say, well, that's just a thing because it's, you've got to call it something to even locate it to, to, who knows, the creator usually names it. Otherwise, you can't patent it or whatever, you know. And who, and even in, in the biblical language, Hebrew, the word for word and the word for thing are the same thing or word or thing. <laughs> it's legit. D-A-V or D-A-B-A-R, D-A-V-A-R, D-A-V-A-R. It's the same thing. So it's like where you can actually, it's a really fun thing to do that, um, I know you're all probably the same. When you, you know, you're reading your Bible, you have little Bible games. And so if you see the word thing or you see the word word, just change it. And it's amazing what that reveals to you. So the trick is to actually that just to realize you're sowing all day, every day. Sometimes people are like, oh man, I need to get healthier. Yeah, you know, it's not like you need to sow a good healthy seed. You, you, suddenly you realize far out, 23 and a half hours a day, I'm sowing bad seed. I'm sowing rubbish. I'm, I wonder why I haven't got energy. I'm sowing this, I'm sowing that, I'm sowing that. And it's the same with our words. Oh, maybe I should say something from God's word. No, no, no. What the problem with us is we're too productive. The problem is the kingdom of God is happening. Fecundity. I didn't just swear. That's a, a pro- productive and abundant word that means it's flourishing. It's abundant. It's reproducing. And this is the thing. Sometimes we're trying to get more power. We read that and we go, I, I need to speak. Well, how, do, how does Jesus speak? Right after the end of this chapter, then the boys, they're all jumping in a boat and they're in a big sea and then they're freaking out and Jesus is asleep on a pillow and then they wake him up. Master, we, we're perishing. And then he gets up and says, peace, be still. Or actually, it's the, the, the tone of it was actually more just like, shut up to the wind. And the waves, and, it, and the peace came, and it calmed down. And they were like, wow, what kind of person is this that the wind and the waves obey him? But they didn't obey Jesus. They obeyed his word. Imagine if he got up, they woke him up, and he's like, I mean, he's not a superhero. Whoa. He said something. The wind and the waves obeyed his words. Sometimes we're trying to, we, we want God's kingdom just to work. He's like, just say something, mate. And we're, and we're like, oh, it's, how can words make a difference? I'm, I'm facing a bankruptcy. I'm facing a challenge here. Someone wants to fight me or hurt me or, or, you know, this is happening. And we're trying to fix something in the natural world with our natural hands, with our natural wrenches. And, and we belittle the power of words. We don't think they're a, a, a tool. We don't think they're uh, something in the toolkit to use. We don't, we see more power in the wrench, so we start there. And I'm not saying don't use the wrench, not on the person that you were going to fight, but as in, you know, if you're going to fix something. But what we've got to realize is our first response is this environment that we're floating around in on planet Earth, that it's a word environment. And our first port of call when we want to shift something or move something in a great way or in a different way is the first port of call should be words. It should be words. Whatever grows, grows. It's interesting that after Jesus was explaining to the people that asked him what he meant by that, he said, these are the words, the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When, they, when Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts, 
These are the ones likewise that were stone on, sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and then they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arise, because it's God's will, no? Because he's trying to teach us something? No, no, no. It says, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake. For the word's sake. I mean, how crazy are we? We take a step in God's direction. We declare something by faith or we're praying it out and then something bad happens and then we immediately assume that like God's the meanie. Like that's just fascinating to me because <laughs> it's not in scripture. Jesus categorically explained to us why something's going to hard happen, especially when you're starting to step out in the things of God. And he said that tribulation and persecution, he didn't, didn't even say if they come, he said afterwards, when tribulation and persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. If I stumble, please don't blame God. Okay? No matter how my life turns out. If I if I get messed up or it gets cut short or something bad happens, please don't blame God in any way. Because it's not his fault. <laughs> If if something has missed it somewhere, bets on it's me and not him. Is that okay? Yeah. So bizarre that often we just assume us, we're pure as the driven snow, and if anything bad happens, well, it's got to be God. <laughs> I mean, if the creator of the universe had this thing spinning at right just the right angle and the right axis and the right heat and cold and all that and thousands of years and all this kind of stuff, he can dial that in. And if something goes wrong in my life, what, is it him that's probably royally messed up? <laughs> and I've only been walking around here for a few years. It's funny where our, our mind lends itself to, though, isn't it? And this is why there's just this passage, this whole chapter is just drenched in fixing up our thinking and in how to live on planet Earth. It continues on, and then he says, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Again, in my walk with God, sometimes we, we kind of, like I said, we do other things for 23 hours a day and then we're trying to squeeze out healing in five minutes. Yeah, you know, on one prayer or one little scripture or something and wondering why uh, results aren't as forthcoming. And yet, when I notice Maybe greater results in my life from pursuing the things of God are happening. And then if that starts to wane, invariably, again, revelation, Jesus is right. <laughs> invariably, the word of God is true that when I look back and assess my life, that the cares of this world, again, it's saying the word is sown somewhere, but these are the ones like thorns that are sown in thorny ground. So the word's still in there, but there's just so many thorns and, you know, whatever, weeds and briars and things around. He's saying these are the ones where the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other, other things entering in choke the word. Word's still there, but it becomes unfruitful. And this whole gig, God is just, he's looking about, he's, he's concerned about fruit. Again, if you're sowing seeds, it's not just so you've got something to do to get up and weed and water. It's not just so you can grow some great stalks. 
the whole reason for sowing is for the fruitfulness of it. It's for the return of it. And so God's word elsewhere, Isaiah, I think it's 55, he talks about where it won't return to me void. He said, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that thing, you know, which I purpose. And it, uh, something, I think it says, and then it'll prosper in the thing where to I sent it. It's, it literally says that God's word, it's like, it's like the rain and the snow that falls down from heaven and it waters the earth. So it brings forth and buds. And so I'm, this is the, what we, what we, uh, what we forget. And this is why I wanted to remind us today is that God's word is the seed. And if you want change in your life, start sowing God's word. And again, you can't microwave seeds. So sometimes we, we make a life change or we repent. We say, God, I'm that, getting rid of that out of my life. And I'm going to go your way. And like two days later, we wonder why it's still a struggle. Or two days later, we wonder why there's not some huge big harvest of, uh, of healing, of abundance, of peace in our heart. Uh, is the, the, the fruit of the spirit of patience. Why am I not patient yet? I've got to have patience. I've got to have it now. You know, why is this all? And yet, there's just certain time frames built into every single type of seed and you just can't overcook it. They've worked out some seeds you can actually kill by trying to overgrow, like too quick. And there's things in God's kingdom, which is just life, <laughs> right? Submitted to him, again, guided by his words as our fuel, that there's just time frames in. Oh, but I'll be a better witness if I was like a multimillionaire right now and rippling muscles and driving the right thing and, you know, da-da-da-da. Yeah, but doesn't say, God doesn't say don't, have, don't change your dreams because you're not going to get there. He just says sow the right seeds. Keep watering. Don't be... Don't be dis, uh, discouraged if you want to have a baby and it's, you're like six weeks into it. You know, it's like, there's nothing wrong. But God, we've taken all the right actions. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's actually on track. Your life as a, a robust life full of fruit in God. Helping out. I know you've got a great desire to help other people. Like, what? I'd, God, you know, are you, are you holding out on me? I want to be helping hundreds of people by now and I'm not. It's not God holding out. He's like, maybe it's on track. Seeds germinating. Things are growing. It's okay. Like it says that we're in, the, in the good ground, it starts with first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. And when the harvest has come, then he puts in the sickle. He's like, maybe everything's on track in your life. Maybe you just got to give. And he, later on in the chapter, he's talking about the kingdom of God. It's like someone who sows seed and then he goes to bed and wakes up, goes to bed and wakes up. The seed grows, he knows not how. And yet, when the harvest is come, he puts in the sickle. What are you sowing today? What are you sowing? Not, are you sowing or not? You're sowing. What do you mean? Are you talking about good deeds? No, no. I'm saying, what words are you sowing? And if you want to change the, what's happening in your life, change the word seed that you're sowing. And, and yeah, it definitely comes from God's word. But then also, what I find is, it's actually then, what words do you just choose to say? Imagine changing what you say this year. Like if, you, if your highest goals, you know, whatever you're picturing this year to be as, as if, and what you, that you would equate to God being amazing in your life and breaking through, you know, breakthrough and abundance, whatever. Whatever that looks like. Imagine if that was... 
if that happened, what else would have to change in your life? Like, okay, let's just like make it happen right now. What would you say? Would you be still saying, oh, nothing's happening. Oh, this is taking so long. Oh, God, why God? You are clearly the one holding out here. I am doing all kinds of action and I'm brilliant. And you No, what would happen is we would have to change our words. And this is what I'm saying. We're actually more productive than we realize. Imagine if every word you said come to pass. Maybe it is. But we haven't connected our mind and our mouth. We haven't connected our heart and our mouth. We think we can go and pray something, okay, Lord, in Jesus' name, heal that person, great. And then say whatever we want for the other 23 hours, blah, 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 death, worry, depression, hate, gossip, maliciousness, blah, 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 blah. And then, oh, why didn't that prayer just happen? Like, But I tell you what, when you start realizing that your words are seeds, you start realizing that you can change the course of your life by filling your mouth with God's word. Oh, Christian, I don't know if I can do that. That's okay. You can actually start by even just stop saying what you're doing. There's a couple of scriptures. I actually really like them. We'll go there. How we go? We'll go there quick. Um, James 1. I love this. I love this one. James 1. If you're struggling, if you're like, sorry, Christian, I'm not a Bible guy. I can't really talk that way. All right, we'll just start here. And in James 1, it says this. Verse 12, blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he's tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. (laughs) So that's you could say that instead of, God's testing me. No, 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 no. I'm tempted. I'm pressured because of the lust in my flesh. And imagine saying that, being that honest and saying, and then if I give into that sin and it'll bring forth death. And that's actually probably why what's happening rather than God is tempting me. <laughs> we haven't realized that we're, we're, every word we're sending something out. Is it full of life and joy and, and patience and, and abundance? Or is it lack and death? And no opportunity and no, and all that kind of stuff. Even in Matthew, uh, Matthew 6, uh, there's one and it says this, and, and you know where it goes on to saying, seek first the kingdom of God. But before that, in verse 31, it says, therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall, what, what shall we wear? Again, we have, we've thought, oh, it's, you know, worries about all this kind of stuff. But actually, the, the, the greatest action that you can take, the simplest action you can take ever, is use a word. You can be stuck in prison and still sow seeds of God's word. You can have not a, not a cent to your name and start speaking words of abundance. Yeah, Christian. Amen. We love it. No, we just will want the raise. Well, why don't you be a better employee and make better, better decisions, be more productive, and then send the email? If you don't, if as a starting point, even Job, he said, I don't know what to say. Oh, I'm just going to put my hand over my mouth. 
genius. That is the wisdom of God for a lot of blokes in the room right now. <laughs> God, what's you it? Just be quiet. You saw it in James, Job, and even there in Matthew where it says, therefore, don't worry, saying. Don't worry, don't, don't worry, saying. The worst thing you can do is when you're under pressure to say there's not enough, we're not going to make it, we're cactus. The worst thing you can do is say that. You can think it, of course. Life is going to try and pressure that, but if you realize that the production, the machinery of your life is right here, that what if everything grew? What if Jesus is saying in Mark 4 about the, the kingdom of God is some of those seeds will grow a hundredfold. Some will grow 30-fold. Some will grow 60. Imagine if every word you say is starting to grow and the kingdom of God works this way. Imagine then if you, do you want to say we're cactus times 30, times 60, times 100? No, you'd rather start to say, wow, this is the day the Lord has made. There's opportunities. I'm going to walk into things today. Lord, your abundance is for me. You are my source, regardless of what it looks like right around here. Wow, that phone bill was crazy, but you're bigger than that. So there's clearly a way. Apologies if I uh, stayed on the phone too uh, overseas, you know, too long, blah, blah, blah. Uh, See, what happens is when we've kind of tried to be focused on trying to be more productive, but I want to tell you, when you realize how productive, how much God has invested inside of you and your spirit, you realize how productive you are, that actually tightens you up. You don't want to sin. I don't want a hundred times that happening. I don't, I don't want to grow harvests of that. And when you're tempted to get into the flesh, I could, you know, I could manipulate a situation here. I could make that person look worse than they are. No, no, no. I don't want to be that guy times a hundred. I don't want to grow that in my life. And it realized, so rather than trying to get some power, God has empowered his kids with the kingdom of God. And he said, it's in his word. It's in his word. If you want to see the power of God turn up in your life, start putting it in your mouth. Just in your mouth. And some of you are like, well, I've been, I read the word every day. I still feel flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put, you're reading it. Sow it. Spurt it back out. Sometimes, I mean, I'm all for audio Bible and podcasts and preaching and reading God's word. But you get to a point where you know another chapter is not going to help me. But you know what? You start putting that in your mouth, seriously, within five minutes in your car driving on the way to work. The power of God is there. And you, can, you feel that intentionality. You feel like you're directing. You know, uh, oh, where is it? There's another uh, scripture and it talks about my, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. If God's saying, whatever you paint today, man, imagine if that happens. Would it, would it be a good picture? Would it be rubbish? Would it be death? There's so much, so much in this chapter. We're not going to get all there today, but um, I, I just love it. And I, I was really inspired because the whole kingdom of God is like a sowing a seed. And, those, and words are those seeds. And it's the most funny thing that words have such power and we belittle it. Like Jesus was saying, the kingdom of God, it's like the mustard seed. It, it seems smaller than anything in this natural realm. You know, you're saying, Christian, what, words will change everything? Yeah, well, if you sow them right and you grow them right, they will harvest and they will start to change things out here. I'm not saying they're everything. I'm not saying we pretend there's no problems. I'm not saying, la, 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 there is no truck coming towards me, la, 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 la. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that as you grow and cultivate the things in your life, it can actually develop amazing, amazing things. You can't rush the seed. But the thing is, the seed won't produce something else. You sow watermelon seeds, it's, you're not going to get carrots. 
But what you can sow, it's really, really, really exciting. You don't get to decide whether you're going to sow or not, but you do simply get to choose which words you are sowing. If my life doesn't work, please don't blame God. Please don't blame God. I know it's a little bit cheesy, but people have said, you know, if all your prayers were answered, would it change the world? Again, where does that come back to? The words that we're saying. And there's something empowering about knowing, you know when you feel like there's nothing you can do? How bad that feels? How depleting? There is always something you can do. And it starts right here. And that's why these things that we think are so loose, maybe we get used to the terms of praise and worship and uh, confession and things like that, or encouragement and inspiration, they're real things. They're real things, and let's, if we can use them like real things, they will start to grow, and they might seem like a word and that we've got a big physical problem out here. But he said like that, that if it, even if it's like a mustard seed, which seems so small, it actually can grow bigger and grow out big branches where the birds of the air can sit under its shade. And I tell you that your life is in your mouth. Your life is in your mouth and your year this year is in your mouth right now. And I'm not, that's, I'm not saying that statement removing God. I'm saying God is saying that to you. He's saying it to us in his word. Don't lend your mouth to other things, to ungodly things. And we live in a world and there will be, we'll be pushed into areas and we're exposed to things. But I tell you what, what comes out of the, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. And even when he talks about salvation, you're like, well, how do I create something? What do I, how do I create safety in my life, Christian? How do I create protection? It's all in there. Whatever you think is not in there is in there. <laughs> Whatever you think is, uh, you need something else in this natural realm for, it starts in here. I'm not saying that it's not, you're not going to get a physical chair if you need a chair, but it starts in here. You want protection? Well, how can, do I need a, how does the word of God become a security system around my, my life? I'll tell you how. Psalm 91 talks about a thousand shall fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Like, you know, I mean, there's, there's, and so suddenly you can, you can see that's, you can walk into a situation and if you've sown that, if you've cultivated that, if, you know, God's given you imagination, He's given you words, He's given you mouth, and you can, it actually becomes a reality to where God is protecting my life. So that's just one random thing about how you can grow God's kingdom. But it's all in here. And even when He talks about salvation, what does He say? You believe it in your heart. With the heart, one believes. And with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. Can I pray for you this morning if the band can come? Lord, I thank you for your children, your kids, your sons and daughters that are in this room. Lord, I thank you that you've given us your word. Father, that we can, it can straighten out our thinking. It can, it can empower us. Lord, you've given us seeds of your word that we can sow. You've given us a mouth. You've given us ears. And Lord, I thank you for every person that's in this room today. God, that, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us are believers in this house. We believe in you. We trust you. But God, I thank you that we start confessing you more and more. Lord, that with the heart one believes, but with the mouth confession is made to salvation. Lord, I thank you that 
God, if someone's in a pressured situation this week, Lord, I thank you that they can call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Father, I thank you that Jesus sacrificed, that he came and shed his blood and died for our sin. But Lord, I thank you that people respond to that, the power that is in that blood this week by confessing it, saying, Jesus, you are my Lord, you are my saviour, not just eternally, but also right now. Father, I thank you. Lord, the, the gold that has been deposited in people's hearts, Lord, they've planted your word in there, but maybe their mouth has been shut. And Father, this week, I thank you that, Lord, they're their mouths open. They open their mouths. Lord, I thank you that that, the power in your truth, the power in your promises, Lord, that they're not dead, but they're alive. And Father, I thank you that we wield that two-edged sword in our life. Lord, I thank you that you do surgery with our life this week, Father God. Today, Lord, we confess you as our Lord and Savior. We also confess you as our healer and our guide. Father, we thank you. We confess you as our source. Lord, I thank you that you bless your people this week. Father, I thank you that your promises are true, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Father, I thank you that your promises in you are yes and amen. Lord, I thank you that you, as we declare your promise this week, you agree and say, so be it in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your kids. Lord, I thank you that we, you put us on this earth environment. Lord, we sow seeds this week. Father, I thank you that people in this room, they use words they've never used before in the power of God this week. God, that they speak your promise. They may have been reading the Bible, but Lord, I thank you that people that have never spoken a scripture before speak a scripture out loud like I've done this morning, Lord, and let, <clears throat> let your kingdom come in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.